When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud and created to conquer. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Hopefully you're listening somewhere out on the water this morning. You can find and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures show. Redmond, the fallout from the boat show over last weekend were outside recording this morning, which is always good to see. We love getting on the uh, the piers and the... The jetties around the country at Queenscliff this morning, your home turf. Um, did you enjoy it? Good morning, Patrick. Uh, yes. Uh, it was great. I thought it was a good show. A um, couple of things I could have changed differently. I'm going to more talk about the, the stage prep part. I'm not sure if you, what your impressions were on the stage, but I thought the show itself was a fantastic show. There was... There was a lot to do. So we spoke about things for the kids and the attraction for the kids. This year, there was a zip line in play. Yeah, really nailed that, didn't they? Yep. yep. There was a Isuzu uh, ramp that had the car going up and falling down, which I never want to see again in my life. That was frightening, if anything. Um, oh. And Pat, like we said last week's show, that the tackle was there. I saw a lot of kids. I, I thought the tackle was, I'm going to say, 10 times better. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. You could actually go to the show. You could spend less than a hundred bucks and get a really good um, yep. price competitive combo that you probably can't get anywhere else yeah, apart from the boat show deals. Uh, the um, I'm going to go back to the stage. I'm going to be brutally honest. I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was boxed in to not encourage people to to, to uh, see. Well, I think so, they were trying to create a bit of a you know that feeling of intimacy. I could see what they were trying to do. Yeah, I half agree with it, but. The, um, the challenge out of uh, an interesting speaking to quite a few boating manufacturers, it was a really tough uh, boat show. Side of it, yep. um, we were talking off air. It's really difficult to get money out of the banks at the moment. Yeah, so long story short, I'm trying to buy uh, a house at the moment and uh, I'm struggling to get money out of the bank purely because of your own businesses. I'm running your own business. They want all this proof over a period of time. And yep. someone, a lot of boaters these days, Pat, um, about my age, they sort of lash out to start spending, uh, but I'm going to go with big money on their first toy, their first big boat, whether it's a... They've had a sustainable job. Yeah, you know, they've been doing it for a while. They've come and, out of their apprenticeship. Yeah, whether it's a, a whether it's a, a North Bank or an Extreme or a, a Staby or an Eden Craft Formula, whatever it is, in their own, they want to go out and spend money. They're spending, and this this you're spending a lot of money nowadays for a boat. Like yep. you're spending thirty plus grand. Mate, some of the boats were over three hundred thousand dollars, Pat, for a trailer boat. 
Sure. So getting dollars obviously out of the banks at the moment is tough, which has made it really difficult for, there goes the, uh, the, the, tra- the train in the background, um, which is making it really difficult for, um, for sales. So that was really interesting to see because I thought the manufacturers did a great job. I can't complain on the show yep. itself, the presenting of the show itself, the advertising and the, uh, all the uh, retailers and the manufacturers that went made the effort to get everything there. I hope it doesn't affect next year. I really, it could, Pat. It, it well and truly could affect next year's uh, and, attendance. I hope it, it doesn't. It'll be interesting to see right around the country, obviously, Adelaide Boat Show and um, Perth, um, you know, Sydney, Sydney, and, yep. Sydney and Brizzy, just how... What actually happens. How the market is, yeah. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, Redmond, um, Quintrex Boats, they released, and obviously Tellwater is the company, but they released a new fish about, the 430, 450 and 470. And if we're talking family affordable boating, these were beautiful looking craft, really quite impressive. Yeah, they're... Uh, they're uh well, they're one of the boats you can go there, and you're not going to spend a fortune for the average um, weekender, Pat, to yep. go out and spend. What, what was the price range? You, you'll know better you, than you're I. You're starting early, early twenties, late, yes. late, late teens. If you want to go a really uh, base model four thirty, but if you want to trick it out a bit, you, you're looking early twenties for the four thirty, and then you're sort of getting into mid, mid to early thirties for the four seventy, which is up spec. But like, it's affordable. Absolutely, it is, and these are beautiful boats. Obviously. Um, Quintrex is, is one of the most renowned um, boating manufacturers in the country. Yes. Um, but they're just a beautiful looking craft. I just thought it was worth mentioning just because they're obviously pressed aluminium, but it was just beautiful. And they had a really good stand too. They had a they had a, um, a lot on show, didn't they? Yep. There were so many different styles and you could actually go there with your family if you're just a weekend punter that just wants to have a bit of a play. You could go there and actually look at what you wanted and you could compare the pair. Uh, I thought it was a, a great effort by that up. Uh, whole crew that had those the, those boats there but what I was probably most impressed about uh, you love this this is a weapon of a thing Pat this is a Yamaha 425 horsepower engine V6 a V8 sorry 5.6 litre engine it's the biggest uh, engine I've ever seen 430 plus kilo and when I stand next to it now it was uh, you could compare this you can compare the pair basically uh, you headed over to extreme boats they had a, one on the back of a extreme boat there and also um, I, was, I was on the stabycraft stand obviously and they had one on one of the stabies as well and Pat I'm not short I'm just over six foot you'll argue that well we were arguing that uh, you were saying you were six one. You're not six one just under 184 and a bit centimeters <laughs> so six one and <laughs> i'm a bit taller when i put my arms up pat and honestly i put my arms up to the sky and it was above my hand still so that was and that was nearly touching the floor that was with the keel of the engine yep uh the leg of the engine touching the floor so that's a big boy that's a big engine It'll be interesting to see just how popular they are in Australia. Obviously, overseas, particularly the United States. When they've got 94 you know, engines on a boat? Well, you know, the, <laughs> the, the popularity of the 30 to 50 foot centre consoles, like they're putting, as you said, three, four, five, six outboards on them. In Australia, there's less of that, but we're certainly starting to see the max trailer boats, you know, seven plus metre boats, where obviously this is going to be a real... Um, do you interest frankly. Do you think by bringing that out, Pat, it's a 425 horsepower, do you think that you're going to see less boats with twin engines? Because of the reliability of engines. A lot of people have twins for reliability. The reliability of engines these days, let's be honest, if you have something wrong, both your twins are going to shut down as well. A lot of it's Correct. electrical yeah. or if it's fuel-related, for example, it's going to be both anyway. Uh, so 
if something happens, you're going to shut down both. Do you think that you're going to probably see more single engines on these boats? I think we will. What we probably do need to see more of is just just how price competitive they are. Pricing. I think starts, it was about sixty grand. I was going to say pricing starts at around forty five k for these Yamahas. So you know you can build it out as much as you like from there, but. So I, what I was trying to say, back, back to the start of the show, I can get an engine, I just can't get a boat. <laughs> no, exactly right. So uh, um, just quickly, um, you and I saw for the first time Stabycraft 2550 Ultra Cab versus the Um Both beautiful boats impressed. We had arguments there at yep. the boat show in front of the, the uh, big bosses at Staby. I It's not that I don't like it, I prefer the Super Cab. Fair enough. You like, your, you like it? I do. You really like it, don't you? But you're a bit of a weirdo. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, we also saw for the first time Southern Formula's 19-footer. First time we've seen it in the market. We obviously haven't been at it. First thoughts on that? It's a very big boat for 19, apparently 19-footer. I think they might be telling a few fibs there because it's huge. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't run the tape over it yet, Pat. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to comment too much on it. Um, I'd like to go in it to see where I'm at to compare it to a uh, six-man eating craft, I guess you could say. Because they're so high. It's the, a big boat. Yeah. The flare it, on it. Have they, have they changed the flare from the 21? Is it 21? I think it's 21. It's very much that um, that sort of Carolina-type flare it's, of the US, isn't it? Um, and the, But what they've done is they have uh, put a not as sharp dead rise on it and a flatter bottom. So you're probably going to have a bit more of the stability in the side of it. Yeah. So you could, you could certainly weight the thing down. And it and it would do well. From I'd like head to go head. in, but I would really like to go for a riding one. So if you've got a bit of bit of pull there, let's go for a spin, and that way I can. Uh, I got. You know, it was probably one of my most popular questions, Pat. Obviously, I used to be uh, in a six man eating craft, and people are comparing and asking me. And I, all I say to them is, I haven't been in one. I don't know how. Oh, it's comparing going. it to the nine yeah, footer. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same. Not, it's not the same boat. Sorry, it's the same size boat. It's in that same. It's in that same category. It's not a formula, and it's not. If it looks like one, but it's not. It's you, not quite that. You hear a lot of criticism for, for Southern Formula. I think from, um, you know, the rusted on fishos that you can't say anything bad about um, an old boat because old is always better and anything that's new is not as good. So you can only... Yeah, you nail you said, it on the head. You, 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 like, you can't you, you can't judge unless you've actually been out in the boat. So everyone's always going to knock what it, whatever comes well, that's out why that's I'm, new. That's why I'm strongly saying it. And I said it on the day. I'm, until I go in the boat, yeah. I won't comment. So... I'm not commenting. Your week in fishing, Redmond. Yeah. We, are in the, we are in the depths of winter. You've done a little bit of beach fishing this week. In fact, we both have. Um, it was nice to not have to be rocking and rolling around the beach, but it was certainly cold. We had a bit of a flick for uh, for a few salmon off mogs, and we tried and got a few pinkies late in the afternoon. I think it was Wednesday, Arvo. Um, it's certainly something that's worth doing um, if you don't want to brave the uh, the boating commissions or you don't have a boat to go chase fishing. Yeah, a couple of little things. We're going to cover it more at the end of the show with a few tips to it, but we had some northerly winds, Pat, and that's the key for our area, is getting a nice offshore breeze so we can yep. get, our, get our lure out further and our baits out further. And not only that, for some reason, I don't know why, it's always warmer when the wind's on your back rather than your face. Isn't it? So yeah. that's that's the difference that we had, and we are fortunate enough to get some nice salmon. It's good to see the salmon are showing up along the, along the beach there, because you didn't have a very good year last year. Terrible. Pat. Shocking. Uh, so we got to do that, which was great. Headed out uh, earlier in the week on the whiting too. We had a, a bit of a blow and the swell come up a little bit, and the whiting went great for me, which was good. And a couple of gummies, which I hadn't caught gummies in a while, Pat, and I was really pleased to get a few as well. So... Um, there is plenty happening. Calamari is still fishing really well. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. And off the piers as well, which if you're looking to get the, the family out, 
it, it's worth spending a little bit of time getting a few decent decent squid jigs and heading off the piers and the jetties around Queenscliff you know. Harbour. I, had a, I saw on social media this week a bloke got around fifteen nice sized Australian salmon. Uh, he had half to bleed, half to eat. Uh, sorry, half to bleed to eat, and then the other half for bait. And then he also uh, had six nice squid. Pat, the squid were probably we're 900 talk- grams per kilo and a half. They were stonkers. Like, they were really nice squid. And like I said, the squid fishery, I've said it for years, over the time, the biomass of squid is going to take over, buddy. They're going to start crawling on land soon, Pat. That's how many are going to be here. But I can't see them deteriorating. Swan Bay, there is so many squid in Swan Bay. But the key to calamari this year, if you want some big suckers as well and you have a boat, when you are gummy fishing and you see that rod doing these ones, bouncing up and down, Pat, that's what I'm doing with my hand right now, it's a calamari actually grabbing your... Your bait. bait, and you can get 20 of them. I'm not joking you one bit. You can get 20 up to two and a half, three kilo calamari, like we do when they are spawning in Port Phillip Bay on the eggs. Similar thing. You're going to talk a little bit later around where the tuna are at as they start to make their way down. It's obviously a really good season at the moment. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodreads, the BF Goodreads TA KM3, built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. Make sure you join in the Squid Ink comp as well for your chance to win a real brand hoodie. Have you sent that out yet, Redmond? Uh, we got it up on the social media. I haven't sent the prizes out yet. Well, make sure you do that. Jeez. Follow us on Facebook. So what? So you can still win the prizes? Absolutely. Are we We're still giving away every single t- show. I have to put another post up. So we are going to announce another winner this afternoon. So make sure you're joining the conversation around that. Facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show. This is Real Adventures. We'll be back after the break. It's time for the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Yes, it is now time for the whip round for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Your next summer break is waiting at bigfour.com.au. Explore and book today. And up first, Patrick. We've got Jim Credlin from JC's Bait and Tackle. And if you are in the Swan Hill area, Redmond, make sure you stay at the Big Four Riverside at Swan Hill. Works quite well with Where JC Dennis there. O'Brien will help you out. Good morning, JC. Good morning, fellas. Um, yeah, if they do stay at the Big Four Caravan Park here in town, mate, there's a lot of big cod being caught here, even just off the bank behind their caravans, mate. I've got some photos photos on the wall here that uh, recent ones where it caught up to 70, 80, 90 centimetres have been caught just from guys sitting in their deck chairs. So they live around the island that separates the Murray and the Little Murray. So when you're fishing there... Wouldn't be sucking back a few froths there either, would they, uh, JC? Just... That's the only way to catch them, mate, isn't it? Rod in one hand and stub your, stub your can in the other, mate. I think it's highly recommended, Redmond. <laughs> well, I might have to attend. Sounds like my sort of freshwater fishing, Patrick. <laughs> it certainly is. Look, um, last weekend, um, weather, was, weather was magic. It was sort of, you know, 16, 17 degrees. Not a lot of people about a few fish caught in the in the Murray, uh, just locally. Um, on a few on bait, most most of the ones on lures have been sort of caught on your on your bright fluoro coloured lures. Look, the Murrumbidgee River at uh, in the Maud area, which uh, been producing some uh, reasonable size um, some cod up to seventies, eighties, nineties, and some good sized yellows also. I heard one the other day was about uh, sixty five centimetres, which is a whopping sort of a yellow belly that was taken on a, on a lure. In the other little Rivers, um, a couple of blokes went out to the uh, Walker River at Janoe. Uh, just picked up a couple of couple of yellows. They got a bit of a feed out there on uh, on small yabbies and scrub worms. The lakes they've been reasonably still quiet. A couple of guys tried down at Kangaroo at the regulator, but um, I haven't heard how they went. But this weekend the weather's going to be sort of reasonable again. It's sort of getting down to the cool stage now. 
12, 13 degrees, which sort of, a lot of people sort of mothball their, uh, their fishing gear when this sort of weather happens. But if you get out and rug up, and uh, you will catch you guarantee you will catch yourself a fish. Beautiful there work, go, Patrick. Jim Credlin from JC's Bait and Tackle in Swan Hill. If you're in the Swan Hill region, Redmond, go get a red orgy, and we'll see you soon, Jim. Exactly. No worries, fellas. Up next, Chief Executive of realbrand.com.au giving us our, uh, our hats and jumpers every week is Barry Sullivan. Baz, you've just been at Naruma catching a few kingfish. Yes, mate. Tick the box. Very, very happy. And how are you, Patrick and uh, Aaron? Go not too bad, Baz. Now, we're at the boat show during the week, and or last week, I should say, sorry, and... Uh, you are, you're on the back, and I, I gave you a couple of little hints about how they work up there and what was actually sort of going to happen. How did it pan out? Mate, what you've done is reinforced your legend status. You were absolutely <laughs> on the money. Uh, we actually went out on the Sunday, uh, which was you were saying was probably not the ideal day based on the lack of uh, current. Uh, but the conditions for, for travel were perfect. It was a great day, but the fishing was actually a little bit quiet. Uh, but it started off really well. Uh, we just got out of the across the bar and we saw a couple of whales breaching, which was perfect. Uh, very calm conditions. And we did get onto some fish, but not the quality of size we were hoping for. Lots of little rat kings. Baz, for those that aren't familiar, uh, Naruma is a destination. Just fill us in uh, where it is and where you stayed while you were there because you can certainly stay at a caravan park, Redmond. Baz probably would have been at the Sheraton or I'm not sure if there's a sort of Crown Resorts at Naruma. It's real Baz, going but, that well, uh, is it? Well, yeah, he's very happy with himself. Well, there you go. Harry. Uh, no, I um, actually stayed in some modest accommodation there. There's just a lovely little hotel. I think it was a golf club motel uh, and they've got a fantastic little golf course there too, I must say. But, um, yeah, Naruma itself is a magnificent place uh, right on the coast. Uh, you've got a lovely little estuary area that then flows through uh, out in, across the bar over to Montague Island. Uh, Montague Island is the sort of place where padded stay. It's got uh, lighthouse and some amazing exclusive accommodation, you know, well over the uh, thousand a night. Uh, none of us can afford that. But uh, very, very then, um, yeah, the fishing is magnificent and diverse. Beautiful work, Baz. Well, we know you're in the car on the way back from Naruma, so looking forward to a bit of a uh, inland report next week. Barry Sullivan for Real Brand. No worries, boys. Uh, yes, I hope you had a good time at the boat show, and I did, and the wallet's a little bit uh, lighter after the visit. Just picked himself up a new boat, I think, Baz. All right, thanks, Baz. See you, boys. Redmond, before we wrap up the whip around, yep. just a bit of a report on the tuna south of... Warnable, they're going bloody well, let's be honest. Yeah, so in Portland, the bluefin tuna are going well, and then we had that full moon uh, sort of Monday last week, and the actual charter boat struggled on the schoolfish quite a bit. Now, we're always talking about the struggle there, but the barrel tuna went quite well on the lead-up. The backside of it went good too. We had some beautiful weather as well, so there was good fish being caught. Those school tuna have moved out, so they're on that 100-meter line now. Yep. So they're not on that 50 like they were the uh, where they were probably a week ago. Last week, yeah, a yeah, weeks around ago, that time yeah. ago. Uh, they're out that little bit uh, deeper, and the school, the barrel bluefin have still, or they're, they're still in that same depth, that 30 to 50, maybe 60, but they've moved down to Bridgewater Way. Funny enough, we still haven't seen fish caught at Port Ferry. We haven't seen the numbers at Port Mac yet, like we have. I think I was just about just to ask you about Port Mac. Too much bait at Portland, Pat. Yeah. Uh, why would the tuna have got no reason to leave at the moment? Besides the fact they need to go breed somewhere. So, I don't know. Like, it's hard to... Uh, still, still worth fishing then? It is still worth getting down there and fishing.
That was the whip around for Big Four, Australia's favourite holiday parks. Now it's time for the social club, thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? Now, Redmond. What weather sites should I use from Jack Henry? Weather sites. Now, we're all... So we're talking apps. I mean, these yeah. are... Winter you know. is hard with weather. Yep. And you've got to get that wind right. And now I've spoke about it... I reckon I haven't spoken about it for about a year now, Pat, but about the actual... Uh, well, well the sites that I'm just you, trying to describe the sites it. that you use. What yep. do you use firstly? Willy Weather and Windy TV is what I use. So what do but you actually look for once you're on those? That's sites? what I was just about to get into. It's not about just going there and looking at the weather the sun's going to be out. It's understanding the winds first. Winds is my number one priority. But what I'm looking for is so if you're talking wind, yes, what's you know how much is enough. And how much is too much when it comes well, to fishing? I think it depends on every single species. I like it so um, I like it so it's um, a little bit choppy on the surface for a barrel bluefin tuna or a schoolfish. It just breaks the bait up a bit, allows the fish to push them up a bit easier. Whiting, I like a big blow the day before fishing. After snapper, this time of the year, if you're fishing for snapper land baits, we're going to cover it a bit more, a bit later. But a big blow in the bay and pushing the, the snapper right in close into an area like Mornington will give you a time to fish. But reading the right areas is where you want to get your wind from. And what I mean by that is, if I'm going out at Queenscliff, Pat, I'm not searching Queenscliff. I'm searching the South Channel Pilot. I'm actually searching something that is on the water, not on land. I'm also taking my reading from the South Channel Pilot and not Queenscliff because it might give you the airport at Barwon Heads which is on land for your live reading where Portland for example I'm not going to go in and search Portland because Portland's on land it'll give you the airport out the back it's not going to give you the, what is actually happening on the water where yep. if you search somewhere like Cape um, Cape Nelson which is the point at Portland for chasing the bluefin there you actually get the live wind and the report which is on the Cape the other one I spoke about Windy TV or TY whatever you want to call it it is a map chart uh, wind report. So what I mean yep. by that is coloured, and basically how it moves in is the colours come across the across your map on the in front of you, and it gives you uh, it can shows you the fronts that are coming and what you're going to have for the day. So that's the two I use. Willy weather, not often it's wrong. People whinge about it. Search a place that is on the water, not on land. Be mindful about that. Bob Winter, when will the big bluefin tuna start off Bermagui? Good question. I'm really looking forward to this. Nearly a prize-worthy question, that one. I'm hanging for this. I'm really looking forward so to when? it. So when? We're just waiting on reports, basically? We're basically waiting for them to turn up. The longliners have got fish out of reach of uh, the wreck guy at the yep. moment. They will push in very soon. So how far is out of reach? We're talking like 100 k's offshore sort of thing? Plus, yeah. Yep. Yep, sometimes plus. Sometimes, But sometimes off Burmy, for example, they might be in slightly closer, but they're down south of Eden. Uh, they can show up anywhere. You've just got to look at those charts and be mindful of what you're looking for. The currents have got to be in the right spots. Uh, for you to catch those fish, but keep an eye on a good one to check out. A uh, friend of the F shows, Pat, um, uh, the Burmy Bait and Tackle crew, Scotty down there, they are great. They keep updated on Burmy Bait and Tackle on Facebook. Trapman Bermagui is also good. They keep you updated with what's going on. Once they come there, we're going to be Cuban for them as well. So it's I'm going to go up there and film it all for Solcott. I'm really hanging for it. Different fish into Portland, different school of fish. Not your 80 to 150 kilo fish. They're more your 40 to 80 kilo fish with the odd hundreds and 120s in between. So you can cube these fish pad up and you can have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them underneath your boat and Very you're just dropping cubes. Yeah, you're just dropping cubes in the water and um, with, a, with a pilly on a hook and trying to get it to sink as natural as possible and catch an awesome fish. It's, it's great fun. Sinkers for land-based snapper. 
from Nelson Brown. What do you use, Aaron? Uh, Lamb based snapper. That's a that's. Um, I mean, I would be, no, no, I know what you're saying. Let's go. I'm going to go base. as lot. Yeah, well, lamb base. I'm going yep. to well, lamb base and beach. Very similar. You want to hold your baits where you put them. Well, I suppose they are the same thing, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was usually a bit smart on that, Patrick. Come on. Uh, you hold. You want to hold your baits in the place that you want your baits to be. Simple as that. So, for example, if you've got a 10-metre 10, 10 swell, you're probably not going to go out there with a two-ounce sinker, aren't you? And I'm being a bit over-exaggerated there. But if you've got movement on the beach or current on the beach, you don't want it to be drifting down and getting sucked in because what happens is, Pat, if you've got a current and you cast your line and you keep it tight, it slowly gets dragged into the beach. So you want to hold enough weight so it holds in the position. A place like Port Phillip Bay, when the tide's pulling, you want to hold it with a nice sinker. Sometimes it could be a three-ounce sinker. Sometimes it can be a six-ounce sinker. Off the beach, if the swell's very small, just using a four-ounce sinker to get the baits to their destination where you want it to be. Be mindful again with the, with the wind direction. If you do want to get it out further, we surf fishing. You can get away with it being calmer. We're in the bay. Often you're going to have the wind in your face because that's what you want. The snapper get pushed in nice and close, and often it's onshore breezes, and that's how it works. So you need a heavier sinker. So elements for the day depends on the sinker use. Question without notice. Um, people using um, trebles for it, you don't necessarily use those when you land base fishing you can get sort of I'm so, sorry swivels sorry yeah, you know, yeah, three way yep. swivels and that sort of thing it's yeah. just another thing uh, to get tackled I do use them I do actually use them uh, if I'm using the easy rig slider yep. uh, if I can avoid using swivel all it is is another element to your line that you don't need sometimes yep. uh, if you can avoid using it uh, don't use it but if you can, you need to use it to connect uh, an easy rig slider or something to your line which I do do off the surf beach and so on it's um, yeah you got to use it when you got to use it that was The Social Club. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're joining the conversation with a real brand hoodie and hats in our squid inking competition. Send in a funny photo of you or a friend that's been hammered in the face by a squid. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Yes, it's time for All Aboard. Thanks to Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. One of our favourites now, Redmond, Steve Morgan from Fishing Monthly Magazine. He was at the boat show last week. I'm not very happy with Steve. And then he just snuck away I'm not very and decided happy to go fishing over the weekend. Went to catch up with him for a nice, <laughs> uh, nice beer on the Saturday and <laughs> thought I'd say day to Steve and he did the Usain on me. <laughs> morning, Steve. Yeah, morning, guys. Uh that's what we do with Fishing Monthly Magazines. We, we make all of the editorial for the clients on the quiet days. That was the Thursday and Friday. When it gets busy, we get out of there. So come dawn Saturday morning, I was fishing with the kids on the Gold Coast. It was about 25 degrees. It was beautiful. Before we uh, get into the, uh, the Gold Coast fishing, so basically you made your way to the boat show last week and then you spent the first couple of days researching and filming. So we'll see that roll out on the, the Fishing Monthly Magazines channels over the next few weeks, I assume. Well, it's even better than that. We actually make the content for the dealers and it goes immediately up on their channels. I had some dealers that were ballsy enough to do it live, like we have all our live live stuff there. We, we learned how to live broadcast pretty well through the tournament stuff, but most of the dealers wanted to do it and then have a look at it before it went up. So we, they used it across all of their channels and like always, the dealers love showing us all of the new and cool things. And that's what I love about boat shows. It's, it's all of the new cool things in the one spot at the one time. So, you know, it saves you a whole lot of internet surfing and going from dealer to dealer. Go to one building and see it all at once. And you're just like me. You're a kid in a candy store when it comes to boat shows, aren't you? Oh, I, I That's think, the worst. I think we all are. <laughs> um, there's no one really that, that researches it more than you because 
this is what you do. What took your fancy over the show that you really liked that you think we're going to see a lot more of this year? Well, you know what? It's it's in the outboard side of things. It's the fact that outboards are getting more and more fuel efficient every time they make them. And no matter what brand of outboards you're running, and no matter whether it's a two or four stroke, they both run so efficiently. They give you so much more range on your boat and they make your boat perform better. So, you know, the hulls really, there's not been not much change with the with the fiberglass hulls and the aluminium hulls. They have to be the same sort of weight. But the performance you're getting on them and the range, especially as you get out of these things now, is off the charts. You know, never have we had as reliable and as efficient and as exciting motors when it comes to performance. So I think it's awesome. Well, speaking of motors, uh, you've just recently popped a, uh, a new uh, fuel guzzler on the back, we'll call it, because they always use the fuel, don't they, Patrick, the boat? So we, as good as they get, they still cost me money. But they Especially uh, a V8. Especially a V8 Mercury 200 horsepower that you've just popped up on the, end of your, on the back of your um, Bass Cat. Take us through it. Yeah, well, the V8, it's a really interesting platform. It's, it's, you may think that the bigger displacement there are in outboard, the more fuel they use, and it's sort of not really the case. Now, the, the Mercury platform that I, I bought a V8, it's a 4.6-litre outboard. And to put that into perspective, I think I'd tow it with a Triton, Mitsubishi Triton, which is half the, half the displacement. You know, so these big displacement outboards, they have a lot of CCs inside them, but they're actually really, really fuel efficient. And the cool thing about that motor on the back of my Basscat is... I don't know if you've seen shots of those bass boats running really fast, but when they run fast, they only run on about one foot of the hull, about a foot wide and a foot long. Then they nearly fly through the water. Yep. And as more and more of the hull comes out of the water, the efficiency goes up and up. So if I drive around at, say, 40 k's an hour, I might only get 1.2, 1.3 kilometres for every litre of fuel that I burn. If I get it up to 100 k's an hour, that 80 to 100 k's an hour marks when the boat's right up and out of the water, you get two kilometres for every litre that you burn. So in marine terms, that's actually really good. It's no good if you're on the road, because on the road, our vehicles have much better economy than that. But in the water, two two kilometres for every litre burnt going 100 k's an hour is pretty awesome. So that gives me about a 220 kilometre range out of the tank there, and that's plenty for a a day's tournament fishing on the water or catching a bass, brim or a barra. I've never, ever looked at it that way, Pat, but you know what the best thing, and I've just heard it from Steve there, is now I've actually got a really good excuse when I take you out. Why to drive so fast? fast. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> let's talk about this Bass Cat and how it all happened. Um, you've been, obviously, around the globe sort of chasing the different boat shows, and this one obviously took your fancy because you purchased it. Um, but the Bass Cat itself and how it's, how it's partnered with the Merc, obviously a match made in heaven. Yeah, look, so the Basscat, it's an American brand of boat, and I'd normally like to try and buy Australian, but there's no Australian manufacturers that make these really, really specific tournament boats. They're really low to the water. Two to three people can fish out of them quite easily. But the, the, the strange thing about them is you look at it and you think, oh, that's a ski boat. You know, everyone at the survey, they pull up, oh, that's, you go skiing behind that, mate? It's like, no, that's actually a fishing boat. So in a tournament, I want to get from point A to B where I'm going to fish at the fastest possible rate. That might be at 100 or 120 k's an hour. When I'm there, I deploy the electric motor on the front. You can stand up on the front deck. You've got 360-degree casting, and it's actually a really, really stable boat. And the other thing about them is they're very safe under high horsepower. So you can put that, that big V8 Mercury on the back. I could drive it. I could I could lose control of it, and they base because the centre of gravity is so low, low, they just don't flip. They are a very safe, low, and fast boat, and uh, I must admit that one of the reasons I bought it is I like to have a lot of fun getting from point A to point B, and I think we can all agree on that. Uh, I think 
another thing that you've had a huge amount of fun with, Steve, is kitting out this boat because looking at it and looking at the uh, the YouTube channel for Fishing Monthly magazines, um, it's got absolutely everything you could ever want on a tournament boat or any boat for that matter. Well, there is a saying, you don't see a butcher buying meat. <laughs> no, you, you don't see you don't see more go rowing around in the canal, you know. So I've got yeah, I've got the the Minkota Ultrax on the front, which is which is a cool electric motor. When you hit a button on the motor, it locks you in position. So if I catch a fish and I don't want to control the boat, I hit one button, looks after itself. On the other end, on each side of that Mercury, is a pair of eight foot power poles, and yeah. power poles are little cantilevering sticks that stick into the bottom. So if I fishing a six foot deep flat and I hook a fish, I just hit one button on the deck. Those two poles go down, and I am dead stopped dead silently so I can normally catch another two or three fish out of that school whereas in the old days I would have either had to throw an anchor out or I would have had to reverse my electric motor and when you reverse that electric motor plumes out all of the 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 roiled water where the fish were so everything that's in the boat it's not there because it it, it's fancy and it's a gimmick it's there because it actually helps me catch more fish and uh, there's nothing nothing I like on the water is it out outsmarting a fish which has got a brain about the size of a, a head of a pin and, you know, my big human brain can outsmart it, so I feel very confident when I've done those sort of things. Well, while we're talking about fishing, Patrick, it'd be rude not to ask. You did ditch me uh, on the Saturday. You headed back to the Gold Coast, and like you said, you took the kids out in the weapon of a boat of yours, and you went fishing. What? How has the fishing been uh, up in Brisbane? A fair bit warmer than Melbourne, well, safe been, to say, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, look, the weather was good. It was pretty nasty when I got out there on the Friday, but look, it's a really interesting time coming out of this part of the world. They've got the... In about a month's time, there's the Hobie Kayak World Title. So they have kayakers that are qualified from literally all over the planet are going to come to the Gold Coast and fish for Yellowfin Brim in Australia, which is pretty cool. The World Titles were started by Hobie in Australia, and they've been here a couple of times, but they've fished in Europe and North America and China. So we're going to have, what, 50 of the best kayak anglers in the world coming to the Gold Coast. So we decided to fish that arena you know, a couple of weeks before that world title, just to see how it's fishing. So I took the kids out in a little tournament down here and we caught plenty of fish. Um, and I'm happy to say that all of those guys that are going to come to the world titles are going to be around plenty of fish because at this time of the year, they all come down to the mouth of the Broadwater, around the Seaway, and there's literally thousands of brim for them to catch. So uh, we're hoping for a, a great kayak world and it should be a real spectacle. And we're gonna, we'll be helping to cover it with Fishing Monthly Magazine. So a lot of guys will see a lot of that action live. Um the next few months, what have you got? Look, uh, what are you looking forward to, Steve? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, we're massive fans of the magazine itself. Obviously, you bring it to every radio show and pick things out, and yeah, may have just uh, just you know just helping <laughs> you, you know, guiding me along the I way. You nearly copyright him out there, Steve. He, uh, he just takes him out of your out of your mouth. <laughs> um, what are we looking forward to with Fishing Monthly magazines over the next couple of months? Uh, look, we're into the boat show season at the moment, so we, we covered that Melbourne boat show pretty heavily. We've got the Sydney and the Brisbane boat shows coming up soon as well. And we, we do a magazine in West Australia now, so the Perth boat show all get big features because we all know that if you're going to buy a boat, boat show's a pretty good time to do it. There's some pretty good deals going around, and it's easy to compare the boats with each other. But at this time of the year, on the East Coast especially, like you know, a lot of people waiting for that tailor run to kick in. I know my part of the world, there's just a few choppers starting to, to, to show up at the moment. And with my family, uh, we love nothing better than having fresh smoked tailor that was caught mm. the day before out of any of our waterways. So we're, we're waiting for those fellas to turn up. That's the, that's the first I've heard of that, to be honest with you. It's, uh, so you actually do eat the tailor? Oh, the ta- a fresh tailor. You catch it, bleed it, fill it in a day, 
grind it overnight, put on the smoker the next day, and if you don't like that, you did set. You need to be another species of yeah, being there. You go. Human being. That's I've never heard of anyone smoke uh, Taylor before. So that's yeah, well, yeah. we don't catch enough of them to try it, but. Uh, I know a few people that uh, even our good friend of the show, Mark Lacroix, catches a lot of tail. You might have to give him a little little poke there. I'm sure Steve probably does as well. Mm. Steve Morgan from Fishing Monthly Magazines. Make sure you grab a copy. It is out now. Thanks for your time this morning, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, guys. That was all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's a great magazine, Fishing Monthly Magazine, wherever you are right around the country. Now it's time for Red's Review for BF Goodrich Tires, Escape with BF Goodrich Tides. Redmond, um, when it comes to rod storage yes. and garage rod storage, one of, the, one of the things that people forget is protecting those rods because they are an expensive part of your rod and reel combo. A lot of people think, you know, the one thing that they do need to look after is the reel, but rods are just as important, aren't they? 100%. And as a kid growing up with my father, Patrick, my dad's a robotics engineer. Yes, he got brains, I don't. Simple. He used to make running off uh, air compressors... He used to have them, so you press the button, they come down, out of the roof, I'm not joking you here, they come down out of the roof, you grab your rod out, and away you go, and you press the bottom and they fold back up. Unfortunately, I can't do that at my house because I'm not that smart. But, long story short, storing them in your shed, Patrick, I have, I I went simple as this. I went down to um, Bunnings Warehouse. Yep. I grabbed uh, a couple of uh, bits of plywood. Uh, not plywood, sorry. There you go. How good's that? I'm going real good. Just a couple of treated pine, just, I yep. don't know, a few metres long. Um, and I've just run them in between my garage, just straight along the wall. Then I went and got the rubber clips, and I store them along the wall of my garage as my storage. Yep. The reason for that is I like to be able to see, just because if you have them bundled up in a corner, you get tangles and a mess. I leave, I leave all my rods pre-rigged. I know a lot of people take their reels off, but I fish every day. So I, if I did that, it'd be hours. Yep. So storage, you can, if you're not using them, take the reels off and look after them. But I have all mine kitted out, ready to go. And I can see what I want to get for the day. So in my first set of it, I have my lighter rods running down to your heavier rods. I've got a couple of your 50s tucked up nice and I was going to say, am I ever going to get my game rods back? Do you want Do you want them to get dust problems? There's four of if them. You, if you do. You've got four of them. Are you going to use them? So you've just given us something that you've built. I'm going yep. to do one better. Oh, you can do it. I'll let you have it. I've got one here too, but you can go for it. No, well, Berkeley Fishing Rod Rack. They're... Actually, there was a lot of these at the Melbourne Boat Show, Pat. There was. Um, normally 60 bucks, 59.99 at the moment. For Anaconda, they are on sale at $30. Uh, Jarvis Walker do a wooden stand. If you're not interested in the plastic, they do a wooden stand that are about 50 bucks now. They're 47.99 yep. on sale. And BCF at the moment are doing uh, similar sort of rod storage solutions. Sea Dog have a horizontal rod storage rack system. So instead of uh, vertically setting them up, which the other previous two that I just mentioned are. They're actually vertical along. Yeah, these you actually do screw them uh, onto the wall. Uh, Rogue, which is probably more the budget-friendly sort of rod storage solutions, um, do an in-car solution as well as... Um, as well as a wall-mounted version. If I can recommend anything with your rod storage, I know a lot of people have a lot of rods. I know, Pat, you're shocking. You've got hundreds yep. and your reels. If I can recommend anything, just kit them out in their, for their use. Does that make sense? Yeah. Have your whiting gear, have your snapper gear, 
have your game gear, whatever, but have them, don't have them all tucked in together because not only do they not sit properly next to each other, they might hit the reels and damage them, or they might damage it here where they're hitting the wall. Kit it out so that you can, when you are fishing, you get up in the morning part to go at 6 o'clock, you're half out of it. You're not awake properly. Well, I'm certainly not. At least that way, when you go to your side of the wall, you know the rod's there for that day. You're not going to forget one that's up the other end. And it might be, it might just be that snapper rod that you needed on the day that you don't, like, like if, for example, go chase a, a whiting, um, you're heading out and you've got three rods. Crap, I grabbed a snapper rod instead because I didn't have my rods next to each other. So kit them out into sections of your shed, if you can, yep. or... Even those, at, those rod at, racks. At 30 bucks, you can certainly do that. Because you can buy a couple of them. Yep. And, and I mean, let's let's keep it the, the focus narrow. It, we'll just keep it as Berkeley for today as our review. Yes. Um, they do the Fishing Gear 6 rod rack for 20 bucks at the moment. Um, you've still got to screw these onto your wall. Um, they've got a horizontal uh, combo holder, which is about $50. All the information for these is both at Anaconda and BCF. Yep. So we're just giving the information that's there for you to use it or not. But they're all on sale at the moment, really. And you can price match basically against the stores if you like to really get that um, go, cause, go, go cause an argument down at the local BCF. No, right. I'm just saying. You can really you can <laughs> no, make them, saying. You can make them price match so you get the best possible deal you can. That was Red Review. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? You're listening to Real Adventures for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres. It's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Visit your New Age Caravan dealer today. Start your summer adventure with a New Age Caravan. Newagecaravans.com.au Redmond, beach fishing. That was a very fluent ending to that .com. Well, I've been working on my pronunciation. Tip um, for fishing this week is going to... Well, not for this week, but in general. Is we're going to take it back to the land based and pier fishing. Yep. And it comes back to the conditions, Pat. All my fishing revolves around conditions. And the biggest thing for fishing in Port Phillip Bay, which I'm going uh, to specialise on that just for the minute, is getting rough weather onto where you're fishing because it creates the dirty water, which creates the habitat for the fish to come and prey on their pred- uh, be the predator. So regardless of whether you're fishing, where it is, wherever it is right around the country, yep. try and find that, navigate through that. Yeah, just because like St. Leonard's Pier, you get a big northerly wind, it gets real rough, the snapper coming this time of the year. I know of over five fish that come off that big blow we had from the northerly off St. Leonard's Pier that were over around that six kilo mark. Like that's good fishing. Mornington Pier, big westerly comes in, smashes up against the pier you see awesome waves I know it's a little it can be dangerous at times but the next day go when it calms down you can fish it land based fishing northerly winds Fishing into dark is your ideal situation, if possible. Northerly winds, it's warmer on your back. You can cast further and getting it on dark, you're going to get school sharks, you're going to get gummy sharks. Not only that, you're going to get salmon if you get there an hour before day, a sunset and you're going to have your fresh fresh bait right on cue. That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Now it's time to finish off the fo- show, the Flying Ooh, Gaff. We're going good. <laughs> I know. Now it's time to finish off the show. <laughs> the Flying Gaff Redmond, you have it this week. You haven't oh, told me what it is. I'm going to speak a little bit on your behalf here, Patrick. Well, it's not on my behalf. No, but I'm just going to help you out. You haven't mentioned it to me. But during the week, I noticed that, or week last weekend, I should say, mm-hmm. a cheeky little Ben Stratton oh boy. Uh, from Hawthorne. You're gaffing the Hawthorne captain. Well, he's been pinching people. He has been. Well, either I gaff him, been he's got to naughty, stop pinching people because that's just annoying and stupid and stomping people. But if the other gaff goes to you wow. for not coming up with this idea... 
I, I get in trouble every time I speak now, so I'm just being impartial and then I'm sitting well, on the fence. And also, my next part of my gaff is going to the boat show for putting my stand last week in front of that Izuzu car thing that went up and down 5,000 times. I never want to see it again. I'm going home. This has been Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? We're going fishing. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91